Hi and welcome to History Makers, I'm Matt Prater. Today we're speaking with Age Rouse from the Ping Pongathon. How you doing, mate? I'm well, thanks, Matt. How are you? Very good. Now, for those who don't know what the Ping Pongathon, tell us all about it. Yeah, the Ping Pongathon is uh, basically an event uh, specifically focused at trying to engage boys and men of all ages and trying to get them involved on issues related to justice, but particularly issues of human trafficking and exploitation of young people in our world. And it, it revolves around a 24-hour table tennis event. Uh, so it's a lot of fun. But, you know, I always say in, uh, in, in interviews all over the place, uh, it's the most fun that you can have um, changing the world. So mm. guys essentially sign up for uh, about three hours of table tennis. You don't have to play for 24 because that's a bit crazy. Um, so, yeah, you sign up for three hours of table tennis and you invite your family and friends to sponsor you. And uh, the funds that get raised go to support the work of several organisations who are working in that space of, of protecting and helping young people whose lives have been impacted by, by this huge uh, issue of human trafficking and exploitation. Fantastic. Well, we might share the details of that a little bit later. But um, let's find out a bit about your story. Uh, wh- where were you born and raised and what was life like for you as a young fella? Yeah, sure. Well, I um, grew up in Melbourne. Um, so Melbourne born and bred, grew up as uh, a pastor's kid mm-hmm. and so kind of grew up in a church context and yeah, grew up really loving God and wanting to serve him with my life um, and basically have done a whole bunch of uh, different ministry kind of things over the years. I'm, uh, I'm 40 now, so kind of been in ministry of different kinds for about 20 years. Um, spent four years traveling around Australia with a, a Christian band called Corazon way, way back and, um, you know, I've passed within a church and, and then basically I've spent a number of years um, working in, a, I guess, a youth ministry kind of context in, in different ways around Australia. Let's just backtrack. So Corazon, was that, was that with DJ Cons? That was, yeah. I actually, um, I kind of took over DJ's role when, um, when he finished up. So I spent a year on the road with DJ, and um, but then, yeah, we kind of transitioned roles and I took over from him. So it was a great experience. I remember organising Corazon to perform at Arara High School in Coffs Harbour where I was uh, kind of a chaplain and uh, you guys performed there. I don't know if it was you or DJ, I can't remember, but what a great band uh, performing in schools. Did you see a lot of fruit wherever you performed? Yeah, look, that was a really amazing time. Um, I guess you you could say we were uh, really, our aim was to give um, everyday Aussie kids an experience with Christians that was really positive. And that I guess kind of shook their their stereotype or their understanding of what it means to be a Christian. Um, you know, we would we would often be setting up our gear, and um, you know, you'd have kids kind of mocking you, singing "Jesus Loves Me" this I know over your shoulder, and and we'd start to play this music that you know music that was on the radio or that was it was kind of cool for them, and they'd come up afterwards and they'd go. Oh, you got you guys can't be Christians because you play cool music and so it was kind of just messing with their heads a bit and just just 
getting them to rethink what it, you know what is this kind of God thing and what does it mean to be a Christian. Um, yeah, so it was a really great experience. And then I remember you were involved with uh, a ministry, and I remember it was called Fight Nights. What were they all about? Yeah, look, we um, I, I guess I started uh, sharing some of my own personal story of, of growing up as a pastor's kid and in my teenage years and, and just grappling with um, issues around pornography and sex and sexuality. I guess I, I really saw a need uh, in, in churches around Australia to... So there just to be a, an honest and open conversation about those sorts of issues, you know, these sorts of issues that young people have so much guilt about and, and never really can find it that, that open place where they can just be honest and be real. So we kind of purposely, we created a resource called The Fight, uh, which was a DVD, um, and that was really just designed to help, help young blokes figure out how to deal uh, with living in a, in a, pretty sex-saturated world, uh, sex-crazy world that we live in, and how to um, how to deal with those issues well. And is that ministry still continuing? No, no, we finished that up. Um, we, we I ran that for about eight years, and um, we kind of felt it had, it had run its course. And, um, yeah, life was kind of in the midst of changing at that, that point in time for me as well. So, um, yeah, you know, these things sometimes have their season and we'd hope that someone else would kind of pick it up and run with it. Um, but, yeah, there's probably still a need for that, that kind of ministry. I've still got DVDs in the garage if anyone needs one. <laughs> <laughs> and tell us a bit about the transition to the ping pong How did that happen? Yeah, look, it's, um, it's a bit of a sad, happy story, if there's such a thing. Um, I, I actually came uh, to the end of uh, marriage, um, being married for 10 years and um, for a whole bunch of different reasons, it kind of came to an end. It came to an end as well as a marriage can, I guess. And kind of, I found myself in a pretty sad, um, depressed kind of place, going through that kind of relationship ending. Um, and then at the same time, the work I was doing with the, the fight nights kind of was coming to an end as well. And was really kind of a little bit lost and unsure as to what was next for me. Um, and so I ended up, um, I moved back to Melbourne. I'd been living interstate and moved back to Melbourne. And I went um, overseas for a couple of months to volunteer at a couple of organisations that I'd been supporting financially a little bit uh, for a few years and just, you know, following online and that kind of thing. So I went to, um, I kind of really went overseas and, and volunteered in some ways to just shift my own perspective um, away from my my own struggles at the time. Um, and, you know, I was, I was depressed and taking medication and, yeah, just, just in a pretty um, dark kind of spot. So I went overseas, volunteered um, just to shift my perspective and to, you know, I knew that as soon as I was started to kind of help out um, with people who uh, have struggles far greater than those that I was facing in my own life, that it would really help me to kind of shift my perspective. Um, so, yeah, I went and I worked um, at an organisation called Urban Light, and um, it's a little NGO in Chiang Mai in Thailand, um, basically providing a whole range of services and just a safe space for um, teenage boys predominantly who uh, were living and working in the red light areas in, in Chiang Mai. And, um, you know, it was a massive shift for me to go from Australian Christian kind of context into this kind of space of working with these young men who were essentially 
uh, engaging in sex work as a means of survival. Um, so yeah, I went and volunteered for a couple of months, and then in the in the process of that, um, I got invited to be the, the in-country director for that NGO for uh, about 18-month period. Um, and so, it, yeah, really amazing experience to um, to be in that kind of context, uh, the kind of work that I'd, I'd never kind of done before and uh, a real eye-opener for, you know, what's really happening out there in our world. And then this whole concept of the ping-pong-a-thon, uh, I bet you you felt like after your marriage had ended and you'd been through a tough time, I bet you you felt like, oh, I don't know if God's going to use me to do anything great again. Uh, did this come as a surprise to you when you launched into this? Well, look, really the ping-pong-a-thon was just an experiment and it was born out of my frustration when I was in Thailand because over there, when, you, when you're kind of living and working in the red light areas and you're seeing um, that men are actually at the heart of these issues, men are driving the demand for, for um, sexual exploitation and for human trafficking. Um, but what I was seeing was that um, men, men were absent when it comes to being a part of the solution to those issues. So men are the, the drivers of the problem, but then they're absent from being a part of the solution. And I got really annoyed at that and and just over and over, you know, we'd have visiting groups come through our centre and there'd be, you know, all these young people passionate to learn about the issues of trafficking and exploitation and how they could help. But there'd be, you know, we'd have a group of 20 come through and there'd be 19 girls and one guy or 20 girls and and no guys. And so I just started getting frustrated and thinking, you know, men men need to be a part of the solution because we're such a big part of the problem when it comes to this stuff. So, yeah, the ping pong thon really the first one, it was just an experiment, and I asked a bunch of my mates to play as much table tennis as they could and, and help us keep just one table um, going for 24 hours. And um, it, was, it was just, it just worked. It was one of those ideas where you don't really know where it came from, but it worked. And um, since then, the event has just grown and grown each year that we've run it. Um, and, you know, in the last two years particularly, I've kind of, since I came back from Thailand and have been back in Australia permanently, I've been kind of, I guess, treating it as my, as my proper job um, and really looking to develop it and grow it. And tell me, how big is it now? Well, yeah, look, that first year it was about 15 guys and um, it was pretty small and pretty, um, you know, just, just like I said, an experiment. We raised 10 grand that year. Um, which was really great, and, and we just saw um, we saw the way that guys engaged with it. Uh, I'll just tell you one quick story. We had we had one guy that wasn't a Christian, would probably never step foot in church other than for a wedding and a funeral in his life. And he said to me partway through the event, you know, he he was really competitive with his playing, and he was swearing his head off when he missed his shots. And um, he, he said to me partway through, he said, "Oh, age, it just feels so good." feels so good to be doing something for someone else instead of just fo- focusing on my own stuff all the time. Mm. And um, I just, I realized in that moment that this this whole event, it wasn't just a Christian thing. And um, so we purposely, we don't, we don't make it um, really Christian in any kind of way, shape or form. It's, it's for any, any guy. And um, it's just grown. Like, and so this year, We've got the event running in 44 locations across Australia. So every state of Australia has a ping pong on running, at least one this year. And um, 
we anticipate there being between 1,500 and 2,000 guys who will participate. And um, our aim this year is to raise $200,000. So last year we raised $110,000. Um, but yeah, we kind of seem to double up every year. So it's getting to the point where it's getting pretty exciting about the growth of it. And tell us, where does the money directly go to? Yeah, we have, um, we have eight partners um, based in Southeast Asia, and they all work in, on different um, aspects of the issue. So oftentimes when you hear about human trafficking or exploitation, the focus is often uh, really all about rescuing kids out of that situation. Um, we have some partners that focus on that area, but we also have partners that are really focused or completely focused on prevention. Uh, we have partners that work in the area of research, so better understanding the issue um, and, and what can be done to, to impact it long term. We have partners that work in the, on the legal systems, um, you know, because a lot of a lot of times people think, oh, it's just about pulling kids out of brothels and that kind of thing. But when you do that, there's just a vacuum created for more kids to be brought into the system and, and be exploited. So we kind of try and focus our, our main... Um, our main giving and our main partnering with organisations to those groups who are actually looking at the big systems and going, you know, what's really going to change this issue in the long term? Not just, you know, rescue some kids out, which kind of feels good, but what's actually going to make an impact and decrease the number of slaves in our world today? You know, the stats say that that modern-day slavery is increasing instead of decreasing. So what's going to impact in the long term? What's going to bring about uh, a kind of a major change? And that's kind of what, where we're trying to focus our, um, our energy and attention at the moment. Well, if people want to find out more, the website to go to is pingpongathon.com. And uh, did you say there's 44 different events around the country? That's right, yep. What date do they begin? Yeah, well, our first event uh, runs in Nambour in Queensland, our very first Queensland event ever, and that's on the uh, in the on the last weekend in September. And then most of our events run through October. Every weekend through October, there's several events around the country, and we've got a couple of stragglers in November and December, but they're all listed on the website. So um, yeah, you can find a location near you. You can look up pingpongathon.com. Maybe you can make a donation or you can even, you know, go and check out one of the events. Uh, they're also on Facebook where you can follow them at Twitter at ThePongAU. I love the Twitter handle. Very cool. And uh, yeah. you can see the eight different uh, charities that are involved there. Um, I'll just run through them. I think it's an impressive list. The Soul Project, Urban Light, Hard Places Community, Home of New Beginnings. Uh, how do you pronounce that? Do not Nam. Don Nam. Don Nam. There you go. I got that right. Uh, First Step Cambodia, IGM Australia, International Justice Mission Australia, and Destiny Rescue. Now, uh, I haven't heard of any of them except for the last two, IGM and Destiny Rescue, and I can certainly vouch for those two. I've been involved with Destiny Rescue in Cambodia a couple of times. They do an amazing work. And uh, if you want to check out those wonderful charities that it's going towards, and if you want to support, once again, check out pingpongathong.com. And, uh, mate, I reckon you're History Maker, Age. Thanks for your time. God bless. Oh, no worries. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for joining us on History Makers. If you'd like to listen to this interview again, just go to historymakers.tv. There you'll find links to Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can subscribe to our iTunes podcast or check out our YouTube clips. And you can find out about History Makers TV. We are a faith-based ministry and we appreciate every donation. 
You know, the vision of History Makers is to share the good news of Jesus Christ to the nations of the world. If you'd like to partner with us, send us an email, info at historymakersradio.com. God bless you. Have an awesome day. I'm Matt Prater, and why don't you go and make history? History Makers. History Makers is proudly sponsored by Bible League, who serve the local church and other partners around the world by providing Bibles, scripture materials, and training to help people meet Jesus. They provide God's Word to a lost and needy world. Bible League plants Bibles in prisons, among persecuted Christians, and in poor nations, bringing the love and light of Christ into many people's lives around the world. Make history today by joining our friends at Bible League and planting a Bible that will help someone meet Jesus. Go to bl.org.au. Station sponsor, 